I'm a chicken fried And cold beer on a Friday night A pair of jeans that fit just right And the radio KALA and St. Ambrose University sports fans, welcome back to yet another episode of KALA HD2 106.1's Schistel Speaks Sports. I am your host, Ryan Schistel. Today is December 8th, and it was a chilly day around St. Ambrose and the Quad Cities area, but it was a day filled with a lot of action between, you know, the last week before finals week, a lot of people getting stressed out. And hopefully everybody's had some good time to relax tonight. It's been a beautiful night. A lot, a lot of people getting dinner right now in the cafeteria. Unfortunately, I'm here. Have not eaten dinner yet, but I'm going to go afterwards with a few friends. So two announcements before jumping into the sports talk for tonight. Number one, this is the final episode of Schistel Speak Sports for the fall 2022 semester. Uh, winter break coming up, finals week next week. I'm not even going to probably be here to do a show by the time Thursday rolls around. And then number two, I'm trying something new out this evening. Uh, Outside of speaking on the radio like normal, I've also got a Facebook live stream going on my personal account. Who knows? This is kind of just a test run to see if or if not this is going to work out. And if so, maybe we'll do it more often, whether it be my show um, on Sportsmanlike Conduct, which is on Wednesday nights from 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock at night with David Meyer and myself. And if this goes well tonight... um, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll go on the KALA Instagram and Facebook live streams, and we'll get some more viewers going there. But for now, we'll have to see. Hopefully get some good reviews from people watching on my account. And if so, I, I'd love to continue to do it. Um, you know, I this is my first time ever doing a live stream for a radio show. It's my first time ever going live on Facebook in general. So if it all works out, it all works out. If not, it doesn't. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Now, let's start up. The sports talk kicking things off with track and field. So the men's and women's track and field teams competed in the Frigid B Invitational this past weekend, and it was a doozy. I went for a long time. I was probably there from 11 o'clock in the morning, I would say, until about 4.45 in the afternoon. Then I had a quick run home to my dorm room, grabbed the uh, equipment for sports broadcasting, and I took it right over back to the WRC to the Lee Loman Arena for the women's basketball game. But the Frigid B invite was, it was quite the day. Um, a lot going on in the WRC Fieldhouse. And it was it was one of those things where so many teams came, a lot more than I would have thought. And the crowd was energetic. A lot more energy than I thought would be there for a track and field event. But it was a really good day. So starting off with the men's track and field team, the men's team took second out of nine teams competing. There were quite a few top five finishes for the Bs, including Will Reemsma, who took first place, and Ben Wilson, who took second place in the 300-meter race. Reemsma had a 35.16 second finish, and then Wilson was right behind with 35.53 seconds, so a very close finish for two Bs in the top 10 in that race. Ben Wilson also took second in the 60 hurdles event in the finals. He finished that off in 8.7 seconds. 
The Bees did take first place as a group in the 4x400 race, which was very entertaining to watch. Uh, really, just a lot of speed out of all the teams that competed in that, but the Bees were able to take it out, luckily. And then, all of a sudden, it was David Arney with two top five finishes. He came in the top five in the long jump and the triple jump. He actually ended up winning the triple jump for the Bees in that event. And shot put, there were so many, just so many shot put throwers out of all the teams. I think there were about four or five flights, I think I saw when I went back and looked at the final, when I looked at the, uh, you know, the final um, tallies from everything. But in the top 10 for the final statistics, the Bees had five top 10 finishers in the shot put. Then the final person I'll talk about is Peyton Woods, who came in third place in weight throwing for the Bees. So a lot of top 10 finishers, a lot of top five finishers for the Bees men's team in their first overall, you know, event of the year. Uh, I believe one of the throwers already qualified for nationals on one of his throws, which is really nice to see. Uh, obviously, just getting at it early. Um, I went with to ha- help some throwers throw once. I'm not going to act like I knew what I was doing because I definitely did not, but it was kind of fun just to watch and really see and almost try to throw what they throw, and it did not go well for me. So outside of the men's team taking second place out of nine teams at the Frigid B invite, the women's team came in first place of the nine teams competing. Top five finishes came from Paige Cripps, who took fourth place in the 60-meter dash, and then she took third in the 200-meter. Gabby, Bu- Gabby Butler pardon me, came in first place in the 300, finishing with a time of 42.04. Megan Jansett and Anna Pierce took first and third in the 600-meter race, which was really fun to watch that one as well. Um, I mean, those two were neck and neck for a little bit, and then all of a sudden... Jansett just kind of pulled ahead away from Pierce, and there were only three people that ran that race, but, you know, everybody came in pretty similar times. Then, Katie Lambrecht came in third in the hurdles for the women's team. The Bees ended up taking second in the 4x400 race for the women's team, another great race all around by the Bees and that one. And it was just one of those races in the 4x400 for the women's that it was really anybody's race until the very end. And it was just a lot of fun to kind of get to watch and stuff like that. Lexi Johnson won the long jump competition for the Bees. And then Alexis Anderson won the triple jump for the Bees. So a lot of first place finishes in both the men's and women's side of things in the Frigid B invite. And like I said, especially for the men's team, a lot of just top 10 finishes. Um, I feel like this B's team for both the men's and women's track and field teams indoor season, they set themselves up for a long line of success for the indoor season. And it's just going to be one of those things where they're not going to take their feet off the gas pedal. Um, One of the nicest parts about the WRC or the Wellness and Recreation Center here at St. Ambrose, um, it's relatively new, so... You know, the Bees, I believe they host almost all indoor meets, so it's not like the Bees are going to be traveling anywhere for track and field, except for maybe one event 
Let's see here as I pull up the men's schedule. Yeah, so the men's will, the men's team and the women's team will only be traveling once, and really nobody travels until February second through the fourth. So they've got a long line of you know meets that they can just have at home. You know, yes, they have to wake up early, set up, and kind of be working all the events when they're not you know throwing or running themselves, but. I feel like it's probably a little bit better to set up and work than, you know, have to travel on a bus for three, four hours to an event, and then all of a sudden you got to get off the bus, you got to stretch, you got to do all that. It's some of the worst things in the world. So outside of the trip to Maryville, Missouri in February, the Bees will come home, do the SAU tune-up on February the 10th, and then they got the CCAC Indoor Championships, which once again are just held here at St. Ambrose. So Again, the men's and women's team is not going to be traveling much. And obviously, those races in February are not the next races. The B's men's and women's team will be competing in the finals week invite this weekend, February, or I'm sorry, December 9th and Saturday, December 10th here at the WRC. The events on Friday kick off at 3.30 p.m. Central Time, and the events on Saturday will get kicked off at 10 o'clock a.m. So it's going to be a really fun, fun day. I'm sure I'll walk up again, especially on Saturday, and watch some of the events until the Army-Navy game kicks off, which if I have some time, I might even talk about that, give a little preview of that game, and say who I think will win. So before heading to the commercial break, I will talk about one more sport, and that is going to be the wrestling team here at St. Ambrose. So the last time I talked about wrestling, I talked about how this team needed to pick up a win, and like bad. The whole month of November, it's either no team score or a bunch of L's for losses on the, you know, schedule for the Bs on the Athletics website. And most recently, the Bs competed in the Blythe Memorial Duels in Grand Rapids, Michigan on the 2nd and the 3rd of December. So on Friday the 2nd, the wrestling team competed in three different matches. They faced off against Wisconsin Eclair uh, in their first match of the Blythe Memorial Duels, and the Bees lost that 8-38. Then the Bees faced off against Defiance, winning 39-17, and then they lost to Albion 14-37 in the final matchup that they had on Friday the 2nd. So the Bees go 1 and 1 for 3 in their first day of competition. On the second day, the Bees were looking to turn things around, maybe pick up a few more wins, at least finish off 500 on the day, maybe even get above 500 if they were lucky. Their first competition was against Cornerstone on Saturday the 3rd, and the Bees dropped that 19 to 34, so they were 1 and 3 in the Blythe Memorial duels. Then the Bees had a bounce-back opportunity, at least, against Siena Heights, but they dropped that 15-33 before dropping their final matchup against Wheaton, 18-38. So the Bees go 1-5 at the Blythe Memorial Duels, and this was a wrestling team last year that had a lot of wins. It was a strong team. It was a new team last year. I believe last year was the first year St. Ambrose had this wrestling program, and, you know, they they were so good, and then all of a sudden this year it seems like they are just struggling to get on track, especially, you know, at least in this, you know, fall term where 
I would have thought that they were going to be able to win quite a bit. So outside of the Blythe Memorial duels that the Bees competed in in Grand Rapids, the Bees returned home to face off against Waldorf in a conference wrestling match. So in this conference wrestling match, I'll just go through quickly the home, or I'm sorry, the B's victorious weights. So Ariel Vega won the 133-pound division for the B's, and Hunter Meyer won the 144, or I'm sorry, the 141-pound division. Parker Torones won the 149-pound division for the B's, and Slade Diaz won the 157th. Jaden Torones won the 174 division, and Dylan Miners won the 184. All of a sudden, it came down to the heavyweight matchup, the 285-pound wrestling match between Jeremiah Morris of St. Ambrose and Jackson Richter of Waldorf, and the Bees won that one. So out of when it's all said and done, the Bees win a majority of the matches, and they come, ahead, they come out with the victory against Waldorf in the conference wrestling match. 39 to 8. So this wrestling team has a chance to, you know, add on to these winning streaks and see if they can keep things going. Their next wrestling match will be this Saturday, December 10th against Baker at Grandview. And then the Bees will also be wrestling against Grandview, the host in Des Moines, Iowa. Both of those competitions will kick off at 1 o'clock p.m. So good luck to the Matt men of the Fighting Bees as they get set to try to maybe start a little win streak up here and just carry this momentum into the rest of the year and then bounce back in the spring and, you know, the early winter months of 2023. So before stepping away to the commercial one more time, just a few honors that were named for the Bees in different sports throughout this fall semester. Caitlin Brunson earned honorable mention All-American honors for women's soccer, and Taylor DeSplinter was named to the second-team academic All-American team for women's soccer as well. Jill Kavalowskis was named to the All-Mideast Regional Volleyball Team for women's volleyball, and all three of those young ladies between Caitlin Brunson, Taylor DeSplinter, and Jill Kavalowskis they all deserved it. I mean, obviously, the women's volleyball team went to the national tournament. Yes, they lost in the first round, but it was the first time getting back there for quite a while. So a nice job out of Kavalowskis to be named, which she definitely deserved to. And then Caitlin Brunson and Taylor Splinter, probably the two biggest names on the women's soccer team this year, which was a very successful women's soccer team, deservingly get their honors for All-Americans and academic All-Americans. So... A nice job out of those three, and that's going to take us into the commercial break. So the first half of this show has been completed. Coming up after this short two- to three-minute halftime break, I'll be back with more SAU sports. I'm Ryan Schistel, and you're listening to Schistel Speak Sports on KLA HD2 106.1, your exclusive home for St. Ambrose Sports on the air. In the early hours after the tsunamis, it was ham radio that was on the air saving lives. Supplies are en route. Food is coming up in the convoy uh, about a mile and a half back. Roads are somewhat passable. When Florida was ripped by hurricanes, the hams were there. Okay, we'll deploy the communications volunteers as soon as we get to the area. We're about 30 seconds out. In the critical moments after the attack of 9-11, it was the hams who coordinated emergency messages. Copy number one. Message number one from Red Cross Evacuation Shelter. 
Can you hear us now? Antennas are up. Everything looks good. We are in communications with the Capitol. Ham radio works when other communications don't. To learn how you can become a ham radio operator, call the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio, at 1-800-326-3942. The Emergency Communications Center has been set up. We're on the air. Communication is good. Good job, fellas. This is W1AW out. Hi, this is Coolio. I have it, you have it, we all have it. It's called blood. And every three seconds, someone needs blood. Each year, four million people need blood transfusions. You can help by becoming a blood donor. It's fast, simple, and safe. One donation from you can save up to three lives. Be a lifesaver. Call 1-866-FROM-YOU. That's 1-866-376-6968. Toll free to find out where you can donate and save a life today. Imagine you're in a large white room in the midst of a party. You look around and see everyone is wearing the same dull styles of clothes. You notice that they're all eating the same foods and drinking the same drinks. In fact, everyone pretty much looks the same and talks in the same way about the same things. The sameness of everyone overwhelms you and you walk out in search of a livelier party. But every place you go is the same. Our lives can be a colorful celebration by appreciating the diversity of others. We're all diverse, whether it's in our race, religion, or physical challenges. Diversity is you and me. Celebrate diversity in our community. A message from the Quad Cities Mayor's Media Roundtable. I feel like we've always known each other. Me too, and we just met online. So listen, why do we meet? Maybe at the mall, Saturday afternoon, do a little shopping, a little chilling, and let's wear all pink so we recognize each other. McGruff the Crime Dog here. Kids don't always know that predators surf the internet looking for young victims. Be your kid's safety net on the internet. Visit McGruff.org. An important announcement from the U.S. Department of Justice, the Crime Prevention Coalition of America, and the National Crime Prevention Council. Yourself, my man, you'll never be what is in your heart. Weep, little lion, man, you're not as brave as you were at the start. Rate yourself and rake yourself, take all the courage you have left and waste it on fixing all the problems that you made in your own head. But it was not your fault, but mine. And it was your heart on the line I really fucked it up this time Didn't I, my dear? Didn't I, my dear? Your station for St. Ambrose University Sports. KALA Davenport, Quad Cities. Welcome back into the studios of KALA on the campus of St. Ambrose University. This is the second half of Schistel Speak Sports on KALA HD2 106.1, and I'm your host, Ryan Schistel. Just like the first half of the show, this second half is action-packed, with the main focus being St. Ambrose University men's and women's basketball. So to start off the second half of the show, 
Let's start it off with men's basketball, who is officially back in action after their long pause due to the passing of senior center Patrick Torrey. For this men's basketball team, the team bounces back with a nice win, 76-64 to against the Calumet Crimson Wave here on the campus of St. Ambrose University in Lee Loman Arena. For the Bees, the top scorer of the game was Grant Mason, the sophomore out of Mount Carmel High School on the south side of Chicago. Mason had 19 points, also adding up 6 rebounds, 1 assist, and a steal. Andrew Morrissey added 12 points to the starting five, picking up 12 rebounds for the double-double and two blocks. Amari Wills finished with 10 points, as well as Javon Jones with seven, and then Kieran Farrell, and then Kieran Farrell closed out the starting five with four points. The top scorer off of the bench for the Bees was Will Spriggs, who had 14 points on the day adding four rebounds and three assists to his total. Spriggs also had two steals, and it is interesting to see Spriggs on the bench because he was really the leader of the team last year on this men's basketball team who struggled a lot last year, but they also found a way to get some real gritty wins near the end of the season, and they they tried to you know propel themselves into the conference tournament. They just fell short, but if this team can come back and win a few more games, late into their schedule, I think they'll have a good chance to, you know, kind of put themselves in the conference tournament spot. So before looking ahead into the men's basketball schedule, the team now currently sits at 2-5 and five on the year overall with a 1-3 conference record. And one of the things that, you know, just talking to people who went to the game said was really cool is the Bees put up 40 points in the first half. And for those of you who don't know, Patrick Torrey, the senior center who had passed away, wore number 40 on the Bs. So a lot of people, especially those people who may be a little bit holier than myself, kind of said that, you know, they found it almost like Patrick Torrey was there with the basketball team helping them get the win. The Bs outscored Calumet 40-24 to going into the half, and then Calumet outscored the Bs 40-36 to going into the, or in the second half, I should say. But that wasn't enough for Calumet, and the Bees win. So Calumet moves to 1-7 overall on the year, and they move to 1-5 in the conference. So looking ahead for the rest of 2022 for this men's basketball team, the team will be facing off against Florida Palms tomorrow, December 9th at 7.30 p.m. at the Lee Loman Arena. And then the Bees will face off against Florida Palms for a second straight day at 3 o'clock p.m. this Saturday, December 10th. Again, both those games will be played at Lee Loman Arena on the campus of St. Ambrose University. Should be two really good games. Um, not much is known about Florida Palms, but this Bees team, they're gonna, these are going to be two big games for them. You know, at least split them, but obviously looking for the sweep against the Florida schools. And if they can do that, they put themselves in a really good spot. They would move to 4-5 and five on the year overall. And, you know, they're right at that 500 line to where, you know, it's kind of their own fate that they get to decide. So after those two games against Florida Palms this weekend, the Bees will take on Iowa Wesleyan at home next Tuesday, December 13th at 7.30 p.m. So a mid-finals week game for this men's team against Iowa Wesleyan at 7.30 and that should be a really good game. Iowa Wesleyan, normally a pretty good basketball school. And St. Ambrose looking to kind of, you know, just 
like I said, bounce back, build their record back up, so that should be a really good game. Then, December 17th, so a few Saturdays away, the Bees will be traveling to Governor's State in University Park, Illinois at 3 o'clock p.m. for a tip-off in the conference matchup there. Then the Bees play against Trinity International on the road in Deerfield, Illinois at the Van Dixhorn Arena. Uh, That game starts at 1 o'clock p.m. for the men's team. And again, it should be a really good game. Uh, Governor State and Trinity International are two conference opponents, so it would be huge for the Bees to win both of those games. Then the Bees will close out the 2022 part of their schedule with a scrimmage against against Division I Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa. That game will be played December 22nd, so Thursday at 1 o'clock p.m. KALA is at least expecting to travel with the men's team and go on the call, even though it is just a scrimmage. It's one of those things where, as an NAIA school, you're not going to get too many opportunities to be playing in a Division I arena. So as soon as we saw this game on the schedule, we circled it. Uh, My boss told me, you know, hey, you got to go. It's one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, at least while still in college. So uh, Brian Thiessen, the sports information director here at St. Ambrose, and I have been emailing back and forth a lot this week trying to plan it all out and, you know, just figure out exactly what the plan is. Obviously, we got to get all the approval from Drake and all that kind of stuff, but I have a hard time thinking that they wouldn't let a visitor's radio station travel with because that is a pretty normal thing for Division One. So it should be a great game uh, between Drake and St. Ambrose. You know, realistically, I'm not going to come on here come on here and say, you know, oh, St. Ambrose is going to beat a Division One school by, you know, 20, 30 points. No, realistically... You know, Drake probably will get the better end of the deal as the Bees already scrimmaged one Division One team in SIU Edwardsville earlier this year, and uh, SIU beat the Bees by a whopping score of 89-54. to 54. So it's going to be a hard game for the Bees, but it's a learning experience. Uh, a lot of people kind of joking around saying that Coach Ray Shevlin, who's in his 40th year, is pretty smart because this game for Drake does count for their overall record. So... You know, let's just say by some miracle the Bees come out and they beat Drake. That's a loss for Drake, but the Bees are only going to play it as a scrimmage. A lot of people, you know, is kind of thinking, you know, again, Coach Shevlin's, he's no dummy. He's a very smart guy, and he knows that, hey, Drake, D1 school, it's a good learning experience, but realistically let's not face the fear of taking a loss on the schedule when we don't need it. So that's going to wrap up the 2022 schedule at least for the men's team. But this women's team for SAU basketball, they are on quite the winning streak. Last time I came on here, the women's team was 2-4 and four overall, and they have turned it around quite quickly. Um, last week I had, said, I had kind of talked about for a few minutes how the Bees beat Calumet 81-40 on November 30th, and since then the Bees have played two more games. So Saturday, December 3rd, last Saturday, the Bees faced off against Trinity International at home in which the Bees won by a whopping score of 84-49. to The Bees outscored Trinity International, the Trojans, in every single quarter. Uh, their largest quarter lead was in the second quarter where the Bees outscored Trinity International 23-6. to And, you know, I was on the call for KALA that game. Uh, It was a really fun game, and it was a game that the Bees dominated right from the opening tip-off. 
And it was a game that really, even when Trinity International strung together a few nice scoring streaks, you know, the Bees were just so far out ahead that it was almost safe to say that the game was over going into the half. So the leading scorer in this game against Trinity International back on the third for the Bees was Janie Prestigard. Prestigard put up 23 points in the first, or I'm sorry, she put up 23 points in the game with 12 rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. Prestigard had about 15 points going to the half, so she had a great game throughout. Abby Walter added 14 points to the starting five, racking up six rebounds and one assist. She also had four steals. Caroline Thole and Mel Stewart, two of the guards on this St. Ambrose starting five, both had nine points, and then Anna Plummer finished off the starting five with seven. The leading scorer on the bench for the Bees was Olivia Cantu, who had 10 points on the day. She also had four rebounds, an assist, three steals, and one block. So a very good game, as there were a lot of Bees that got in. About you know 13 different Bees play in the game including one young lady that I didn't even know was on this team, or at least I didn't even know this is where she went to school, Maggie McDonald, who went to Mother Macaulay High School about 50 to 100 yards away from where my high school was. Uh, She got in the game for about six minutes, put up a few baskets, and, you know, she made her playing time count for sure, racked up a few rebounds and stuff like that. It's always kind of nice to see people from my neighborhood, you know, it just kind of feels good to see that. They're doing successful things, whether it's Maggie McDonald or Grant Mason for basketball. Obviously, a lot of guys on this football team from St. Rita, Brother Rice, which was my high school. And just, you know, all those guys getting playing time. Rolando Sepulveda, for instance, is a freshman this year who started as a linebacker for the football team. So it was really nice to see that. And that win moved the Bees to 4-4 four and four on the year overall with a 3-2 and two conference record. But then the Bees faced off against Haskell University yesterday, December 7th, in which the Bees once again by blowout fashion, 76-56. to Just like the game against Trinity International, the Bees never got outscored in a quarter. The closest was in the third quarter where Haskell and the Bees tied at 22 points apiece. For the Bees in this game, it was Abby Walter who led scorers in the starting five. She had 25 points, 9 rebounds, an assist, and 3 steals. Anna Plummer and Mel Stewart both finished with 12 points, as Plummer had 6 rebounds and 5 assists with 3 steals and a block, and then Mel Stewart had 1 rebound, 3 assists, and a steal. Outside of that, Caitlin Thole had 2 points, and Janie Prestigard had 9 in the starting 5 for that game. Caroline Cool led the bench in points with 5 points, And then Olivia Cantu, Ellie Gover, and Olivia Harder all had three. Maggie McDonald added two more points to her season. And Haley Kozielczyk had zero. But, you know, when she got in the game, she only got in for about a minute. And, I mean, she still made a count, played very hard. Um, Unfortunately, just no stats to really show for it. But, you know, that's just how basketball goes sometimes. And, you know, she's still one of those girls that when she gets in, she's going to make every minute count. And she is definitely one of the key contributors to the team, whether it shows up on the stat sheet or not. So a very good game out of the Bees team. Three straight blowouts since having their season put on pause due to, you know, what had happened and all that. But looking ahead now for this women's basketball team, 
The Bees will face off against Bellevue on the 10th at home, and then they will take a two-game road trip to Governor State and Trinity International on the 17th and 20th. Then the Bees return home on December 29th to face off against Mount Mercy at 5.30, and then the Bees close out their season on New Year's Eve against Clark University at noon at Clark up in Dubuque. So this women's basketball team and this men's basketball team have a lot of room for improvement, but they've already improved quite a bit to where you know they put themselves in good positioning to close out the rest of the season. That's going to do it for this episode of Schistel Speak Sports here on KALA HD2 106.1. I've been your host, Ryan Schistel. Past episodes of Schistel Speak Sports can be found on KALA streaming services. Just look up Schistel Speak Sports or KALA-FM. Schistel is spelled S-C-H-I-E-S-T-E-L. Again, that's S-C-H-I-E-S-T-E-L. Again, this is the last episode until late January, early February due to winter break and finals week being next week. So a happy holidays and a happy new year to everybody listening or watching on the Facebook live stream. Enjoy your winter. Until 2023, I'm Ryan Schistel. Go Bees.